Welcome back. It's the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am B-Don. If you're watching on YouTube, that man leaning away from the screen so far away. The baseball season is not so far away anymore, Gray, but that's Gray Albright over there. Doing, I don't know what he's doing. If you're watching on YouTube, guess the movie. <laughs> Maybe we'll give you a spot in the Razzlam if you answer it you know, immediately as soon as we post yeah. this video tonight. Yeah, I think the when does the wrestling start? I next know, next, next week. week, great. <laughs> We're starting next know. week. I think I we have probably know that. Uh, next week, cool. That's good. That's good to know. I hope I signed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we have you in there, Gray. I, I have personally checked to make sure you are in there. You are in there, so no no concerns on that front. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Excellent. All right. Let's do this. Yeah. So we're here for the Outfielders podcast. We're going to try and uh, keep this as short under two hours as we can. We're going to do, I think, 50-ish at a time, or at least 50 here. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see what we need to actually discuss when we get in the next set. But here we are, Gray. Let's, let's just jump into it right off the bat. Uh, one through eight, we have already talked about. That is Julio Rodriguez, Aaron Judge. Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. So the first tier that we're going to talk about here is number nine, Mike Trout. Last year he had 40 home runs, a stolen base, 85, 80, 283, 369, 630. I mean, just kind of a, a classic Mike Trout season. Uh, you have him projected for 36 home runs, one stolen base, 86, 81, and 279. Just it, it, how many games is he going to play? I mean, I feel like that's that's the biggest question on him. And then before we get into the full conversation, all I will point out, Rudy does have the average dropping for a second year in a row. So that's that's kind of the the, the big distinction between the rankings, though, is is the average. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, one of these years, Rudy's is going to be right about uh, Mike oh, Trout's average. Yeah, <laughs> it'll 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 happen um eventually (laughs) even if even if it even if it's like mike trout's final year uh yeah so i mean i don't know man like i i feel like mike trout to me is like one of the safer bets going uh like where he is he's essentially like great for what 120 games it's like you know at this point if you don't know if you don't know who mike trout is like welcome to fantasy baseball, baseball. like welcome welcome to baseball in general like the sport needs you yeah we do <laughs> the sport, as many the as sport we can has, like right now we have we have the uh we have flavor flay behind home plate as the umpire with the with the clock on <laughs> just like <laughs> 
<laughs> just screaming strikes whenever anyone uh, steps into the box. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Mike Trout is like absolutely perfect for when he's on the field. I think uh, you know. Last year, he said he had that um, that back injury that is uh, that's going to be with him for the rest of his career. But he still put up like insane numbers, as you mentioned. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why his average would suddenly fall into the the two fifty five range. <laughs> like it just like I mean, it could happen. Like anything could happen. But to predict that doesn't make any sense. Like, he's one of the best pure hitters in the game. So, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with him. I think in, uh, I think actually in shallower leagues, he might be a tad bit more valuable because if you get him for 120 games and then you grab whatever you can off of waivers for the rest of for the next 40, yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a top five outfielder more than likely, assuming you grab the right outfielder. <laughs> Off of waivers. I mean, I, I honestly, I like Mike Trout. I, I would draft him at this point in any league. Um, and that's probably like the first time I've said that in a while because he was going much higher for like the last 10 years. So he was always sort of off the board for me for a while. But now he's in that like early second, uh, I mean, excuse me, um, a late second round range. And that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, for Mike Trout, who, as you mentioned, one of the historic hitters that we have in the game, like, uh, he's just, he's a great hitter, and if he plays 120, 130 games, you're going to be very happy with what you get from him, I, I believe that, I don't see the average fall-off coming, but, you know, that's that's not, uh, that, you know, eventually we'll see it from him, I, I just don't think it's coming yet, he's still smashing the baseball, uh, the back is a concern, but you know there's been a number of injuries that have been a concern for a few years now. So it's just kind of another thing to factor in, and maybe he gets a little bit more time off here and there. But it really doesn't matter. Like you said, on a per game basis, there's it's gonna be hard to top what he does for you, really. Yeah, agreed. Next is number ten, my boy Michael Harris the second. In 114 games last year, he had 19 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 75, 64, 297, 339, 514. He was 77th in barrels, 60th in hard hit, and 95th in average exit velocity. He was 29th in sprint speed. I love me some Michael Harris. I just took him in the second round of a draft. I am so happy that he <laughs> fell to me, Gray. So happy. I yeah, yeah. Well, it only took us uh, uh, through one player, and we're already going to disagree. <laughs> I, we agreed you know, on the first guy. That's pretty good for us. Here, but here's my thing. Maybe you can help assuage some of my uh, my worries because I do have real concerns about Michael Harris the second. Um, by the way, I never saw Michael Harris the first. Do, do I have to see that in order to appreciate the second or now? <laughs> anyway, so, you know, my big thing is, like, his chase rate is so awful. <laughs> it's really bad. It's almost 42%. Like, the guys who have had 42% chase rates and have had an average anywhere close to, uh, to his average last year of 297, it's like few and far between we're talking about guys who are like like the the biggest you know guy who was able to do it repeatedly was vlad guerrero senior uh, obviously you know he swung at everything 
but swinging at everything is really like it's not the easiest way to accrue a solid average. So like I'm really concerned that Michael Harris the second's like average is going to plummet. Like so many other guys who have had that uh, high of a chase rate previously who succeeded for one season. Uh, some of those names are Juan Uribe in 2014, uh, Gio Urshela in 2019, Corey Dickerson in 2018, Pablo Sandoval in 2011, Hanser Alberto in 2019. Like Those are the guys that succeeded with high chase rates. And then there's Vlad Sr., who was like the unicorn when it came to chase rates. So chase rates. So I'm like really concerned about that. So if you could somehow assuage me of that, maybe because right now I feel like he's in a struggle to get on base. You can't steal first. And in most scenarios, if a 2020 guy struggled to get with contact and struck, excuse me, struggled with chase rate like that, I would probably say, well, whatever, but he's going, like you said, you took him in the second round at that price. I just can't get into it, man. So, so try and help me, help me understand, help me understand. All right. So you, you mentioned, you mentioned the chase rate. And so I don't, I, I, the, the stats I looked up were chase rate. They were O swing outside the zone swing. So very similar in, in the process of, of this. Okay. One thing that I, I think that goes kind of unmentioned was, he was also in his age 21 season, Gray. He was 21 years old in the majors leagues doing 20-20-300. Okay, so you mentioned, like, it was the O-swing was bad. Like, it was it was not good. He was 41.7% on the O-swing. That's, that's, that's not good. You don't want to be swinging at 40% of the balls outside the zone. <laughs> now, that being said, I'm, I, did some, I did some, you know, filtering here. We got rookies. Under the age of or 23 or under, who have, you know, that, that's the, the list of people I've pulled. The, the direct, direct names around him are Avisel Garcia. Okay, not great. But, you know, it's Avisel <laughs> Garcia. Willie Castro, okay. not great. Wait, Willie wait Castro, minute. really wait, not great. Wait, wait, wait a second. You're supposed to be convincing me, oh, right? Hold on. Let me get, let, let me get. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure we're still. We're going to get, we're gonna get to it. The next, the next two gray. Nolan Arenado and Austin Riley. Mm, okay. Another one down, Andre Jimenez. Okay. So right. there's there's like <laughs> I, I give you it's not a great trade. Like you never want a guy chasing this much, but we're talking about very young talent at this age. So there's there's plenty of ways to go about it and get better. I'm betting on the talent. He with that bad you know, approach as a 20 to 21 year old in the game, he still went 20, 20, 300 and a hundred and under 115 games. He like every single one of his numbers got better in the second half. Gray. Like, I don't know what more you want him to do. I, I, you know, <laughs> I just feel like the, the worry for me is like, you can get through a, a partial season and chase everything. And pitchers are like, well, I don't know. I guess he's just, I mean, I don't have a game plan for a guy who just came up to the majors and I don't care. But after like a season of him beating up on major league pitchers, at some point they're going to get a game plan and they're going to be like, throw the ball in the dirt. This guy can't stop swinging. That's, that's my big concern. I hope I'm wrong. The skills are obviously there for power and speed, which I tend to like. 
you know, and I won't even go into the launch angle is 4.5 and the ground balls are really high, but you know, all that aside, I'm going to, I'm going to say all the launch angle and all that other stuff is going to be okay for his power. The speed is obviously for real, but I'm just worried if we're looking at a, a 12, you know, 12 to 15 Homer, 20 to 25 steel, 250 hitter. You you've overdrafted him in the second round, my man. Why are we why are we giving him like half of what he did in like less than a full season, Greg? Why are we giving him half of what he did in less than a full season? Like I just don't understand the thought process. So now all of a sudden he becomes a twelve, fifteen, two fifty guy after just going nineteen, twenty. I told you. I told you. I'm worried about the ground balls. I'm worried about the launch angle. I'm worried. The fly balls are really low, bro. The fly balls are so low. He needed to have a 23% homer per fly ball. Like, I'll, even beyond the whole chase rate, I'm worried about certain things with Michael Harris a second. But you know what? You're not. Let's. It was a good uh, point counterpoint. Um, Welcome back to Point Counterpoint with B Don and Greg. Yeah, w- let's, let's move, move on. on. Yeah, yeah, I was getting there. I was getting there. Next is number eleven, Cedric Mullins. Last year he had sixteen home runs, thirty-four stolen bases, 89, 64, 258. You have him down for twenty home runs, thirty-five stolen bases, ninety-six, sixty-two, two fifty-six. So pretty much in line with what he did. Um, really, the only thing holding Mullins back is his own home stadium. I mean, everything else is great. Yeah, yeah, and also I, I believe uh, Camden plays a little bit better for lefties. So, and not—I mean, not great, but it's a little more neutral versus yeah. just a total just mess terrible. for Mount Castle. <laughs> just, uh, just awful from the other side. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's why also I think Gunner is uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Cedric Mullins, I've actually found myself like never before have I found myself drafting him, but I've already drafted him. I think one or two times. I. I like the I like the price this year. I think it's like, where's he going? He's going at like fifty overall. I I see him as a, a you know a solid bet for fifteen homers and thirty plus steals with uh, you know a okay enough batting average. Like he's not necessarily a plus on batting average, but he'll be okay. Like two fifty to two sixty area. I yeah I found myself like not being that bad on Cedric Mullins where before I've always, I've had issues. Like I thought last year, like coming into last year, because he was coming off the 30, 30 year where the power seemed like obscenely overrated uh, going into last year. So I had some issues there, but now that the expectations are lower and we sort of know what to expect with like a, uh, a 15 to 17 Homer guy and, and 30 steals is nice. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with Cedric Mullins. I I actually I sort of I I trust him and I believe in the stats. Yeah, I absolutely love Cedric Mullins. He's actually my uh, my third player that I've taken uh, in the TGFBI. So I, I I'm perfectly happy to have started that direction. And I agree, everything's kind of in line with what he's been doing. Um, you know, the the fly ball rate was up slightly, the launch angle was up slightly, but. I don't really see that as an issue. That could just be trying to adjust to the park changes and see if it, you know, see what works and see what doesn't work with the new kind of arrangement that they have and the heights and everything on the walls. So no issue there. Number 12 is Randy Rosarina. He's coming up. Last year he had 20 home runs, 32 stolen bases, uh, 72, 89, 263. 
You have him down for 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases, 83, 89, and 260. Uh, he was caught 12 times last year stealing, but he was caught 10 times in 2021, so it doesn't seem like the Rays really care if he does, st- steals or not. Um, where are you at on Randy Rosarena? Yeah, he's another guy who I'm, uh, you know, with the uh, Rosarena specifically, he's like, he feels like a guy who I'm sort of just like overlooking, like the peripherals don't really look great. And like StatCast yeah. like doesn't love him. But I I feel like, you know, the, the track record has been solid. So if the track record is going to be, you know, 20-ish homers, uh, 25 plus steals and a 250 plus average, you know, I I don't love that all the peripherals you look at, like for him, or you know, saying like he's probably not this good, but he's been this good. So yeah, I, I'm fine with it. You know, unless until we see him actually disappoint, I'm willing to overlook the fact that you know that his expected batting average is like. 210 <laughs> it's, not, it's not good i don't i don't know if it's 210 but it's not good it, it, that's all i'm gonna say it's like it's it's he's got a lot of really soft contact i believe um i don't i should have it open in front of me but i don't um anyway i i'm fine with them i'm fine drafting them i just think uh you know you sort of have to uh hold your nose a little bit because the numbers, the the underlying numbers say he's not supposed to be this good. So you have to sort of like, it's a bit of a leap of faith. But yeah, I mean, he's done it for two years now. So I'm fine taking the flyer on him. I, I mean, not the flyer, but more or less a, a draft pick at like, as like a first outfielder. I'm fine with it. Or or second, I guess, if you're going, you know, in a, in a shallower league. Yeah, he's like, um, he's like Bobby Witt Jr. with a track record. Like, you're maybe Bobby Witt's a little bit more like you know toolsy and everything, but just from the this like skill point and just the, the numbers, the stat cast isn't really there for Bobby Witt Jr. to support everything that that I think he can do. But I just think he's going to do it. And Randy Rosarena just does it. Like he just puts it all together season to season. Um, and I will say this: like Tampa Bay always figures it out. They swap in and out. They do all sorts of stuff. But this lineup is pretty bad, Gray. This is the worst yeah. looking lineup I've seen in a while. That's <laughs> yeah, not great. It's pretty I also, freaking I, bad. Yeah, I also think, yeah, that's why, if anything, I was looking at, like, I forget their their wins. I wanted to say their, their projected wins was, like, 88. I was, like, bang the under on that, bro. <laughs> Hey, yeah. hey, bruv, if you're, in, if you're in Vegas, bang the under because, I don't know, the race – the Rays don't look good. They're projected they four, five, six is Brandon Lowe, who like was awful wow. last year. Harold Ramirez, Manny Margot, and then Isaac Paredes, Christian Bethencourt. Yeah. Like this and is. I'm also bad. not even sure. I, honestly, I'm not even sure how Harold Ramirez, uh, Harold Ramirez is an actual person, or if it's just like a it's a fill-in. It's a fill-in name that people just use. Like every like every year, there's like a oh oh that team's got Harold Ramirez. Like um, is that a real is person? Real? Does he exist? Is <laughs> Harold Ramirez? Has anyone seen Harold Ramirez? Because um, but yeah, I don't know. But with that said, I mean Randy Rosarina should hit third like a hundred and fifty plus games because. Yeah. 
like you said, they don't have that many uh, options. Exactly. So exactly. I, I have no issue with him there. Moving on to number 13, that is Dallas Garcia. Last year he went 27-25, 88, 101, 250. He projected for 30 home runs, 24 stolen bases, 81, 96, 248. I mean, I, I think I mean, we were both in on him last year. I think we're both back in again. Just jump yeah, back in on no, the ride. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, I, I mean – I feel like I could write a, a Dallas Garcia sleeper post like every year. Like people just don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't know why, <laughs> man. It's just like every year the guy hits 30 homers and steals 20 bags and hits 250. Like, mm, I don't know. Okay. So the peripherals aren't saying he should do it, but he is doing it. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, isn't that all that matters at the end of the day? Like a guy is actually doing it. So, you know, I mean, he's similar. It's actually, it makes sense that he's next to Randy Rosarina in the rankings because he's real similar to him in that, like, the peripherals may not say he's going to repeat, but he's done it now two years in a row. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, why not, man? (laughs) I don't know. Like, I, (laughs) I, I mean, I've seen him play. I don't know if everyone else has seen him play, but... I mean, I go back to that first time I saw him hit a home run the opposite way. Like, I mean, he powered the ball out to the opposite field, like, pretty easily in a terrible park. Like, he's got he's got real power. Like, it's not, it's not fluky power. He's got real power, and he's got really good speed. So, I mean, unless, you know, unless the age catches up to him and he slows down or something, I don't see any reason why he can't continue being uh fantasy valuable yeah i completely agree i mean he's just he just continues to be a good value for whatever reason people just don't want to buy into it um you know i guess maybe like a weekly head-to-head league i can see how you know he is very volatile sometimes so like you have to kind of close your eyes and just look up at the end of the season to some extent and it's gonna it's just gonna be there but like he's also going to win you weeks in that kind of format too, so you just take the good with the bad to some extent with an Adolis Garcia. Next up is number fourteen, Kyle Schwarber. Last year he had forty six home runs. He stole ten bases. He one hundred ninety four, two eighteen, three twenty three, five oh four. You have projected for forty one home runs, seven stolen bases, eighty one, ninety seven, two twenty three. Maybe the launch angle went a little too far for the average purposes, but, like, he's going to hit a whole ton of home runs. Great. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know what? The Phillies be uppercutting, huh? <laughs> Phillies, the entire team, it's like, just do what Reese Hoskins is doing because that's what we want. <laughs> Their launch angles are insane, man. The whole team. It's like I, Kyle Schwarber is like under 20 on launch angle, barely. He's at 19.2 on his launch angle. I think he's like the lowest one of the like the top three guys on the Phillies. <laughs> like the Phillies are the Phillies are nuts with their launch angle. But yeah, it's working for Schwarber. I don't see why it wouldn't either, because like, you know, he's able to hit bombs. So I, I'm I'm pretty like, you know, I, I probably I haven't drafted Kyle Schwarber yet. I would but I do see, like, there is an issue with, like, from Kyle Schwarber, and, we're, and we'll get into the next tier, too. At this point, I'm starting to draft my first starter, so I don't want to, you know, give people the wrong impression. Like, I would draft Kyle Schwarber, but it's probably just not going to happen, to be honest. Like, I'm just not – I'm not going to be in a place where I can draft him, more than likely. 
I would if I if I could if I got that opportunity, but yeah, I, where he's going, it just seems it seems kind of unlikely that I would draft him. But I, I have no problem with him. Yeah, I mean he's going right in that like cease uh, Wheeler, who I know you don't like. Actually, all these pitchers you don't like, but he's he's in that yeah. area. <laughs> I'm just looking at ADP. I'm like, why are you in this range? Uh, but but you Glenn and Rodon, a pitcher I like, but. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all those no, guys are in that, range. in that range. Yeah. Yeah, it's in that range. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, the 12% infill, infill fly ball rate, not going to help the average, but he's going to hit a ton of home runs. Um, so, yeah, there's no issue with that. Next tier, as you mentioned, is number 15, Luis Robert, Robert Jr. Uh, he had 12 home runs, 11 stolen bases, 54, 56, 284, 319 in 98 games. You, you have him projected for 16 home runs. Uh, 11, I think that's uh, 15 stolen bases. I got a little ambidextrous in my writing. 71, 68, and 279. So you have him projected for 454 at-bats. He had 380 last year. So you're giving him the benefit of a few more bats this year. Someday he's going to stay healthy, Gray. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I <laughs> I'm, mean... Not giving him, I'm not giving <laughs> him the benefit of that many more at-bats. Like, I still... Like, I feel like I'm pretty low. Like, I think I have him for, like, 110 games-ish. Um, I, I'm i still on the low end. Like, most of the projections I'm seeing are, like, 140 games from him. And that's, like, that's his last two years combined. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm again, like, I'm, pro- I'm drafting starters at this point. So, it's not like I, – I, I'm never dra- – I don't think I'm ever drafting Louis Robert uh, or – Louis Robert or Louis Robert um, or Louis Robert. I'm not drafting him at any point. I think this season It's just not going to happen. I said he was overrated, um, you know, earlier last week, because like, if you look at the guys he's getting drafted around, like I get the upside. I mean, I see it. I just don't really like, I mean, I'd like to actually like, I'd like to see it from him first, just like for one year. Like, there's just no way I'm drafting a guy who looks like, you know, if you were to put him down for 100 games and basically call him uh, Byron Buxton, like, I I feel like that's a solid comparison. And Buxton's going 50 picks after him. So, like, I just don't see why I would draft Louis Robert uh, at, you know, 45 overall when I can take Buxton at 95 overall. Or and in a in another um, also for another way to look at it, like if he is like going to be great, then sure. Then then the upside is then he becomes a league winner. And I get that. I, I understand like you want to take the flyer on a guy who's going to like well exceed where he's, um, you know, what he's going to be able to do. But in reality, like even if he were to go 2020, 275 he's getting drafted for his ceiling like i don't see where like if he does 25 20 275 like we haven't seen anything close to this like his high his high for any year in homers is 13 homers his high in steals is 11 we're double you double that and you're still at like okay i mean that's kind of like you know what you're like, you're basically saying like, okay, best case scenario is he's 
Michael Harris II, that's still not, I mean, but he's going only like 15 picks later than him, like barely a full, like barely a round later. Like, it's just, I don't, I mean, I get the hype on certain guys and I was there for, uh, Robert earlier, like last year, I, I ranked him super high. I was like, you know, this is the year because he was coming off of the partial year where he hit 13 homers and stole six bags and hit 238. I mean, excuse me, 338. And I was like, okay, like all he has to do is put it together. But then he went and he played in almost a hundred games and he still was only like a 12 homer, 11 steal guy. Like, I don't know, man. I, I'm not in on it. It's a bummer. It's a bummer because I feel like I'm not in on a lot of the fun players this year, but I'm not in on that, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I tend to be more on the, like, rosy side, especially the, like, uber-talented guys. Like, I'll, I'll just believe they can stay healthy. They'll put it together. My problem with him is, like, the speed has fallen off. Like, when he came in, he was a 70-grade speed guy. He is no longer that. Like, he is maybe a 50, and that might be, like, that's probably, like, where he's capped at right now, unless it was, like, unless he finds a ton of speed, which doesn't tend to happen as you get older. So, I, he still hits the ball very hard. Like, that's that's the thing that's, you know, that you can kind of hang your hat on. He's still going to be very good with that. So, I think the home runs can show up, but I think the dream of, like, a 30-25 season is gone for me. Like, I can see the 30 part. I think it's like 10-15 if, if we're getting the stolen bases at this point. I don't think it's 20 um, with the current speed that he's working with. Like, I just don't see it. Yeah. Alright, so number 16 is Corbin Carroll who is like Louis Robert but like younger and hasn't had health problems yet. Just fully tooled up. Last year, in 32 games of the majors, he had four home runs, two stolen bases, and hit 260. 33 games in AAA, he had seven home runs, 11 stolen bases, and hit 287. And in 58 games in AAA, he went 16, 20, 313. So you have him projected for 21 home runs, 27 stolen bases, 81, 71, 271. Rudy has him down at outfielder 29, so you're considerably higher than him, and he was number one in sprint speed despite only being up for 32 games. Uh, I mean, yeah. One, one, uh, one slight correction I wanted to uh, – because people might be screaming at their radios right now that you said Corbin Carroll hasn't had the injuries when he was – he had a big injury in oh, 2021. Yeah, yeah sorry uh, about that. Yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> I just want to, because you know, I, I know people listening to this, oh, yeah. and they're going to be, uh, you know what? The first thing I happened. used to think, I used to think B Don's word was bond, and now I'm not thinking that anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, so Corbin Carroll, like, what I see when I look at Corbin Carroll, it's just basically like the Diamondbacks want to, um, uh, they want to have, they want to get him under contract. They want him to be the face of the franchise. So you know, I saw like at one point. I saw uh, the uh, roster resource on Fangraphs. The they were saying he was going to platoon at the leadoff spot. That I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> He's not platooning. There's no. I mean, he might he might occasionally sit versus some tough lefties, but like I've said in previous podcasts, that's fine. You don't necessarily want 
uh, a lefty going against every tough lefty, unless they're Jordan Alvarez. Okay, so with that aside, so Corbin Carroll is probably, like, I'm seeing his projections, like, across the board. It looks like everyone's projecting for, like, 125 to 130 games. Now, he could get injured, but... I think that's low. He's a he's an everyday starter. I mean, he is the, he's their guy, you know? Like there's no way there's just no way he gets platooned, let alone sits for like 30 games. I mean, that would be crazy. They want, you know, there's also that rule where like if a, a guy starts the year with a team, then they get uh first round draft picks if he wins like the rookie of the year and you know, he's going to be in conversations for rookie of the year, if not the uh, odds on favorite. So the Diamondbacks aren't going to like want him not to accrue stats. I mean, they want, if they're going to be starting him from the get go, which they will, they're going to want to play him uh, for as many games as he can go, you know, aside from like the occasional rest. Okay. Anyway, with that aside, so, so that alone, like Rudy's, you know, uh, at bats versus mine, because I feel like I'm like really high on his at bats. Uh, if you look at my numbers at like, you know, at 527 at bats, but he's hitting lead off for a major league club. So anyway, so yeah. with my at bats being high, that led, you know, that leads to everything else where you're like, well, he's going to obviously he's going to hit at least 20 homers. So I have. So there's that. And then he's going to steal at least 20 bags. <laughs> so you have that. So even if it's just 2020 and he's got good, he's a good contact. Like, you know, he's, he's like probably a two fifty five plus hitter. So it's like, you know, he's as good a contact as you need. I have him down for two seventy one as you mentioned, but it's like, it's irrelevant. He's going to be, He's not going to be a, a negative. We'll say that on average, at least. So, okay. So you have a guy who's going to get 80 to 90 runs, depending on how terrible the Diamondbacks are. He's going to steal 20 bags, he's going to hit 20 homers, and he's going to knock in like 70 plus runs, 70 plus RBIs. You have a guy who's going to like, I mean, that, I just, whatever I just said, those stats, that's basically. Randy Rosarina. I mean, it's not like plus. I mean, Corbin Carroll has better average probably than Randy Rosarina, and Randy Rosarina might have a little bit more power. But I mean, honestly, it's hard to look at Corbin Carroll and not see him in this range of outfielders where it's like, like yes, he hasn't done it yet, but he is as good a bet as any to do a 2020 season and hit you know, well, so that's my point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You know, if, if you're, if you want to see it, that's fine. I, I understand it. Like that, that's your own prerogative. I, I like to take the gamble on guys like this. I, that's why I had Bobby Witt all over the place last year. That's why I had Julio Rodriguez, you know, early in the season before his, uh, before he actually got announced, he was coming up. Like I was getting shares then. Like this is, this is when you need to, do it if you if you want to take that upside gamble and have a random first round pick and he's definitely capable of it. So there you go. Corbin McCarroll's great. We're moving on to number seventeen, which is Teoscar Hernandez. Last year he had twenty five home runs, 
Six stolen bases, 71, 77, and 267. Year projected for 29 home runs, seven stolen bases, 76, 83, and 264. So very much in line with a few more home runs. Uh, he did have an ab injury and a small wrist thing early in the season. I love me some Oscar this season, Greg. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel the same way with, uh, you know, I think Teoscar, like, he can hit the ball out of any park, so I'm not really worried about Seattle uh, tamping down his power. So if he's hitting 30 homers, he's probably a – I'm probably, like, on the safer side for, you know, his projections for steals, uh, saying seven steals. Like, I think seven steals is probably – on the low end, like he could steal 12 bags, 30, but let's just say seven, 30 homers, seven steals and a 270 ish average. And that's, you know, I, he's going to have, he's going to be in the middle of the lineup. So solid runs, good RBIs. Yeah. I mean, I think he's pretty safe. Actually. I, I have no problem with Tay Oscar Hernandez. Again, it depends on where he goes in a draft because if I'm taking a starter around that time, then it's going to be harder for me to draft him. But, yeah, I don't have really any problems with Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, so he had the injuries early on. So he came back from June on. He hit 285, 23 home runs, and five stolen bases, which would have been in a pace for 35-8 over a full season. I mean, I, I think if he just stays healthy, he's good for 30 home runs. Like you said, the stolen bases are, you know, at least plus. I mean, he's giving you more than five and, you know, maybe up to 10 if he can get get going. So, love me some Teoscar this season at the discount from where he was going last year because I think he's still the same player that people were drafting, you know, third round last year, and you can get him a round or two later now. Uh, next is mm-hmm. number 18, Starling Marte. In 118 games last year, he had 16 home runs, 18 stolen bases, 76, 63, and hit 292. Year projected for 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 91, 64, and 273. I, I don't know that I'm going to end up with too much Starling Marte this year, Greg. Yeah. No, I mean, unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't see I don't see myself really uh, drafting Sterling Marte. I mean, this whole, you know, I said, like I said, I like Corbin Carroll, and I like Tay Oscar. Uh, if they're there, I would draft them. But this whole tier has a lot of, like, I'm probably going in a different direction than an outfielder at this point in the draft. It's just like, it's just how I'm drafting at least how I'm, you know, hoping to draft. Like I'm hoping to have an outfielder already. So I would have an outfielder, you know, from the the top uh, 14 guys up to like Kyle Schwarber. And then I would take a pitcher and then I'd probably go with something, you know, I probably wouldn't take another outfielder immediately. Um, But yeah, I mean, Certainly, Marte is definitely off the board. <laughs> even <laughs> even if I were drafting an outfielder, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't an accident where I put Sterling Marte in my rankings. I mean, he's just like he's not a guy I would draft. He's just not a guy. He's not the type of you know stats I would draft because you know he's older. He's going to be uh, is he thirty four? Yeah, he's thirty four already. Uh, he had the uh, the groin. I believe he had groin surgery in uh, I want to say January, December or January. So he's got that going against him. Uh, and then he's got also like he's got the age, so you can't really count on him for huge steals. I mean, 
you know, to be uh, to do a super wonky sort of like uh, comparison, like he's just like, I mean, he's like a fifth, uh, 15 homer, 15 homer. I'll give him 20 steals, 15 homer, 20 steals, 275 hitter in a good lineup like that is, you know, that's not great. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll just say it's not, it's not great, man. You know, it's like um, just go with a guy who's going like insanely later. It's like Manuel Margot plus like maybe a little bit of power, but a little bit less speed. You know, I mean, you can find guys who give you Sterling Marte minus like the runs maybe because he's going to be in a, a better lineup and he's going to play every day, assuming he's healthy which he hasn't been now for like four years. So, yeah, I, I just don't see myself drafting Sterling Marte. I'm, honestly, the people who do draft him, though, I mean, those people, are they're so uncynical that I, I appreciate their optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, I think there's something to what he does bring, like 15-20 at the top of the lineup with a good average because he's, he's generally hit for a good average throughout his career. He still hit 292 last year, so I wouldn't expect that to necessarily bottom out. I think there's some value there, but but you're right. It's nothing special. And I, I, the point that I don't like him necessarily is he stole 18 bases. He got caught nine times, so half the times he was attempted, he, or two-thirds of the time he attempted, he got – I just said that wrong. One-third of the time he attempted, he got caught. And then on top of that, his sprint speed was down to the lowest it's ever been. Maybe because he's been stealing forever, he can kind of take advantage of the rules this year, kind of keep those numbers up. But I, I just, I don't really, I don't really want it. And I'm trying to get my speed early and in, in power speed combo guys anyway. So he just doesn't fit what I'm looking for, um, as you're kind of mentioned with these guys. Uh, number 19 is Dalton Varsho, and we already talked about him in the catcher show. So number 20, which starts the next tier, is Eloy Jimenez. Last year in 84 games, he had 16 home runs. 40, 54, and hit 295. You have a project for 28 home runs, 65, 71, and 291, and 455 at bats. Again, he's he's another one. Just like he's a great hitter. I actually have more faith in his skills that we've we've kind of assigned him than I do in Luis Robert um, because I he is a great hitter. Like if we put the barrels down to where they would they would fit what he got in last year. He was 21st in barrels, fourth in hard hit. 10th in average exit velocity. Like, he's a good hitter. They need to stay on the field, Gray. Yeah, I actually, I feel like his health is probably worse than Louis Robert, too. Yeah, because he's like DHs <laughs> half the time. Like, what's he? What's he? <laughs> like, if you, like, if you were to say to me, hey, I just got out of this DeLorean here and I'm, uh, I'm from the future, and I just want you to know that uh, Eloy Jimenez hurt himself after a pitch clock violation, I'd be like, mm, I don't know how that could be, but I, I believe it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what circumstances led to that, but I, <laughs> I kind of understand. He heard himself rushing into the batter's box. I mean, I, you know, it's like, I don't know with Eloy. Honestly, I don't know how he, like, the fact that they even let him play the field ever, it's like, it's almost as mind-boggling as the Marlins thinking Jazz Chisholm can suddenly play center field. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd put that on someone. But Eloy Jimenez, like, I mean, the fact that he had 30 games in the outfield, like, 
there's a DH now in both leagues. Like, why would he play the outfield at all? Um, yeah, so I honestly, I, I think you're 100% correct when you say he's got good batted ball skills. Like, Eloy, if Eloy can stay healthy for 145 games and just DH, he could be like, he could be as good as Jordan Alvarez. Like, Eloy Jimenez could hit. 45 homers and 300 like he is really that good the problem is like i who knows how many games to expect yeah that's that's exactly the problem i mean they they are going to be without jose abreu now so maybe he can just sit in the dh and never have to do anything other than walk up and hit hopefully like that's fingers (laughs) crossed so that's why I'm, I'm kind of in on him. This might be the last year he has outfield eligibility and we get to use him as well. So I, I do like him. I think that there's there's some value because he's just kind of gotten to the point where people aren't drafting to his high just because, you know, the, he's been injured and he hasn't been on the field. But again, DH pretty much full-time this year, hoping he can stay on for 130 games. I'd be so satisfied with 130 games of Eloy because I, I think the numbers would be there to support you know, what we what we believe in him as a hitter and what the numbers bear out. Next at 21 is George Springer. Last year he went at 25-14, 89, 76, and 267. You have him projected for 24 home runs, 11 stolen bases, 76, 68, and 268. You know, this was one where I was wrong last year, so I'll just, I'll just admit that. Uh, I didn't see him getting the second highest stolen base total of his career since 2015 so you know that's that's on me for not seeing that happening gray but uh <laughs> george springer stayed healthy for the most part and, and had a pretty solid season I, I don't know if i can continue to expect it to happen though no yeah i know i think we and you are we're just in the uh george springer's gonna prove us wrong every yeah, year can pretty much <laughs> just, I, I i i you know i look at his numbers and like you see the amount of like you know his his uh, like fly balls are like his ground balls are garbage. His fly balls are kind of bland. I mean, he does not. He looks like he should be aging terribly, but he's more or less held like onto his stats for um, the last two years, which is surprising to me because like I did not think it was going to happen. Just like you didn't. Like I I see his numbers and I'm like okay, like. It looks like he's going to be a 22 to 25 homer, four to seven steals, 250 hitter. But he continues to do better than that, which is it's it's surprising. I'm not buying like I'm not buying into it, though. I mean, I'm just not like unlike, you know, I said earlier, like Dallas Garcia and Randy Rosarina, like you just got to buy in because he keeps doing it. Well, I'm not buying in on George Springer. <laughs> Don't make me. No, I'm not because, like, he's older. Like, those guys are still young enough where I'm buying in on what they're doing because I think they're in, like, the peak of their career. George Springer, I just don't trust to continue to do it. And plus, he also he struggles to stay on the field. Like you said, he was more or less injury-free uh, last year, but he still only played 133 games. So, yeah, I mean, you plug him in for, like, you know, 475 at-bats and 25 homers and 10 steals, and it's like, okay, I, I don't buy it. Like, those are 
like that's where the projections are saying like he is going to be. But if I had to say over under, I would say under on both on all those numbers. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not in on him. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm under on all those. I don't know why he's all of a sudden a, a ten to fourteen stolen base guy. He's he's done it twice, Gray. Once was in 2015, eight years ago, and once was last year randomly. Like. Why is he all of a sudden a, a 14 stolen base guy? He was 4 1 6 6 5 the last years before that. Like, where is 14 coming from? I, I, I don't get it. Anyways, we'll move on. We're not George Springer guys. If he has another great season, we won't. Uh, I'm not even going to say great. It wasn't even great. A good season. If he has another good season, we're going to miss out on it. Um, next up uh, is Christian Yelich, uh, another guy. If he has another okay season, I'll probably just miss out on it. Uh, he had 14 home runs, 19 stolen bases, 99, 57, 252 last year. You have projected for 17, 16, 104, 63, and 257. I mean, unless he finds launch angle again, he is what he is. And he'll be at the top lineup because he has five more seasons left on his contract. Yeah, no, I know. He's, uh, he's like the poster boy for, like, you know, changing your swing is not as easy as you think. Yeah, you can't just <laughs> add five degrees of launch angle for no, like <laughs> you just, you just, yeah, you just can't do it. it for like, yeah, he, he's the poster boy for it because, like, yeah, I mean, if he could, he if he could have done it, I'm sure he would have. I mean, I'm sure he would have loved to have gone back to being a 45 homer guy <laughs> like he was in 2019. I mean, I, I don't think he's going into the batter's box being like, hey, you know what? I'd like to ground well, out to second base. The ground as hard as I can. Yeah. I want to try and get the ball between first and second base. Can I base. make a divot? I've been, a, I've been playing golf lately. I wonder if I can make a divot today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't, hey, I got a thing against ants. I want to try and kill some ants. Let's go. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Chris Yelich is who you think he is at this point. Like, you know, put him down for 15 homers, maybe 17 steals and a 250 average. It's not great, but he does tend to stay healthy, and he will be in, you know, at the top of the order. It's, uh, you know, it's a good park, so there should be a decent amount of offense. So, yeah, I mean, he's good for runs. If you like yeah, that, that's, that's I what I was gonna yeah, say. Okay. If you want runs and like a little <laughs> bit of power speed, he's your guy. Um, but like, yeah. there's not really upside. He's not getting traded. Nobody's taking that contract, so he's not going anywhere. Which I mean, for ballpark purposes, is fine. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. Let's move on to number twenty-three, which is Tyler O'Neill. Uh, he he was not good. He was a guy I was on last year, so another one I will just admit to. He went 14 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 56, 58, and 228 last year. That was very bad. Uh, you have him projected for 31, 17, 74, 88, and 246. So you have him with a big bounce back here, Gray. Looks like you're in on Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I mean, I might be, you know, I might be going back to the well and – Falling down at like baby Jessica, but um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in again, man. I, I see his numbers at at like, you know, in 2021 of the 34, 15, 286, and other than well, the average may be a little bit high, but other than that, like he looks like, like if you look at his numbers, he looks like a 30 homer, 15 steal, 250 hitter, and that's really valuable. I. 
I don't love that the Cardinals have so many options. Like they they are loaded. They have a lot of mouths to feed over there. The like the Cardinals have like not only the guys in their lineup, but there's so many guys in like a Jordan Walker and they have a Moises Gomez. They have like uh, Nolan Gorman. They they got a bunch of guys that have like you know legitimate uh, case to make for having at bats. So I mean Tyler O'Neill should be safe. He should be playing every day. He's you know they're uh, they got him in, in center field right now. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully he's uh, he's got a job all season and he stays healthy. And I think if he does get a hundred games and he's healthy all year, like I see no reason why he can't bounce back. Like last year it was really like he had one injury after another. Even when he was playing, he was playing injured. So hopefully last year was just a total mulligan, and uh, and we're going back to uh, you know his year before when he was starting when he looked like he was going to break out like. I think I think his last year his ADP was like I want to say twenty five overall. I, I I see like I don't think he's necessarily maybe he won't be twenty five overall for his ADP like next year, but I also think he's going to be on the uptick. Like I he feels like a steal. I also I wrote a sleeper post about him. Like he feels like a steal at one ten overall or wherever he's going. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm split on Tyler O'Neill. I, I like him. I think that he does have, like, the, the 35 home run, 15 stolen base, you know, season he put up. Like, that was – I think he has that talent. But if we just, like – if you just take a look at the numbers, he's basically had, like, four seasons up in the majors. Like, the numbers last year look pretty much like what he was in 2019 and 2020. Maybe slightly better, but as you mentioned, he was kind of banged up. But they weren't anywhere near where he was in 2021, so you are taking that like that leap of faith to believe he's going to go from in between those those sets to back up to 2021. And I don't know. It's the Cardinals. He was 28, I think, or he was 26. He's 26 when he had his 34-15 season. Like, that's that magic age of range of like 25 to 28 where you're going to have like that peak season, and it's the Cardinals, and they do these kind of things, and that just sits in my mind. So as much as I like the the talent and, and I think he can do it, I, I don't know if I'm buying back in fully, and I probably won't have that many shares this year, unfortunately. Mm. Moving on to the next guy, number 24, Byron Buxton. Last year he had 28 home runs, 6 stolen bases, 61-51, and hit two twenty four. You have projected for 25 home runs, 8 stolen bases, 58, 63, 233. Uh, this is just the toolbox, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, the toolbox is hard to get open sometimes because it's on the IL. <laughs> wow. That was a metaphor and a half. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, for the first time, maybe in his career, I'm going to be in on Buxton. I, I like the price a lot now. I... I was out on him for many years, maybe his whole career, but now at like ADP around a hundred, I'm I'm in, man. I like it. I like the price a lot. I think, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't expect to to stay healthy. I'm actually, I think I might be on the low side 
for everyone who's projecting them uh, as far as like at bats go, like I have them, I have them down for roughly 90 games of at bats, which I feel like is fairly conservative, but also kind of realistic where everyone else has them down for like <laughs> 150 more at bats. Like some people are saying, 130 games like 130 games is that's crazy <laughs> i don't i don't i don't know man i don't see i mean you know hopefully he does stay on the field for 130 games i wouldn't count on it but if he does stay on the field for 130 games you're probably looking at like a top 25 to 30 overall player easily like uh i mean you know his average is a little bit of a negative but everything else is so it's <laughs> i mean he can probably and if he were to stay on the field for 130 games, you're looking at like 36 homers, 15 steals, uh, and you know 245 average or whatever he's going to hit on average. But yeah, I'm in. I, I like the price now. I think uh, you know at my like you said the stats that I projected him for at 25 uh, eight, 25 homers, eight steals. That feels good for at 100 overall. You grab that. And then definitely in shallower leagues, like I said earlier, Mike Trout, it's just another situation where in shallower league, you just fill in for him with a guy off of waivers and you have like a top 15 overall outfielder with Byron Buxton. Yeah. And I will say like the tools, which were always like, they were always there. He was always fast. You could always hit the living crap out of a ball. They're all still there. Last year, he was eighth in average, average exit velocity, eighth in barrel rate. 18th in hard hit, top 50 in sprint speed. Like, there's the non-existent chance there's like a 30, 20, 270 season still in him magically if he stays healthy. Now, that's a very big if. That's a lot of things happening. But, like, you're not just taking Byron Buxton. And, and while it is, I, I do think you're right. Like, you can kind of pencil, pencil him in, even with all the injuries and everything, for like 20 25 home runs, eight stolen, five to eight stolen bases. Like, you still kind of expect to get that from him, plus all the upside that he still brings. And you're right, it's not at a cost that, like, you're almost hinging on it happening in your draft. You're just, like, if it happens, that's that's just more that's going to help you. Number 25 is Ahmed Rizar, who we already talked about in the shortstop. So we'll move on to number 26, which is Jake McCarthy. Last year he had 99 games. He hit eight home runs, 23 stolen bases, 53, 43, 283. You have him projected for 11 home runs, 33 stolen bases, 86, 71, and 263. He was 11th in sprint speed. He's not much of a contact rates guy to write home about Gray. He's not going to give you those gaudy numbers, but he is very, very fast. Yeah, no, completely. I actually I wrote a sleeper post about him too. I I like Jake McCarthy a lot. I feel like if you're uh, if you're feeling weak on steals, he's a uh, he's a good guy at, at his price too. I think he's going around like one twenty overall in a uh, a DC a um, NFBC draft champions league, which is a fifty fifty round uh, draft and hold. I think I even. I'd probably jump the gun a little bit on that, even like his ADP. I want to say I drafted him at like, I want to say like 85 maybe overall. Like, so I jumped the gun by maybe like two rounds because I really, I took Jordan and I, I needed steals. Anyway, um, long story short is <laughs> I like Jake McCarthy. I think he's probably, you know, a maybe not huge 
power, but maybe a little bit surprising. You know, he has, he's projected for in the 10 to 15 homer range. I think that's, you know, in 10 to 15 homers with 30 steals, you just flip that and think about a, a 30 homer 10 steal guy. You know, it's like 12 homers. And 30 steals is pretty good. I mean, for his price, I I also think the I think the contact like last year his contact his strikeout rate was 21.5. He doesn't necessarily hit the ball hard, but he does make contact, and because he's so fast, you know that contact could turn into something. So he's probably going to have a little bit higher uh, Babbitt than you know around average last year is 349 on the Babbitt I'd say he's probably a 330 Babbitt guy so you're looking at like a 265 hitter you know 12 homers 30 steals 265 that's pretty good <laughs> I'm, I'm in on Jake McCarthy if especially if you need steals if you don't need steals then you know he's probably off your board and it's not worth drafting them. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where we're at is this 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 area starts to be you're not going to get power speed, you're not going to get like the the guys who could carry you, you know, in home runs, runs, RBI and average altogether. Like we're going to get do you need some stolen bases? Do you need a little bit of average? Do you need a guy that sits in the middle? Like that's that's kind of the territory we're starting to get into and, and McCarthy kind of fits that bill as a speedster. Um, I, I will say, like, his, his – I haven't followed him through the minors, so this is just looking at the numbers. But, like, it seems like there's a couple of different, like, Jake McCarthy's. Like, there's kind of a – like a contact, low strikeout one, and then kind of maybe a more free-swinging, maybe kind of trying to go for, for power one. Maybe that was them in the minors trying to tell him to swing a little bit harder and, and see what it looks like because you never know what they're working on season to season. But that kind of sits there in my mind is like if he goes back to a little bit more free swinging, does the average kind of bottom drop out on us? But it seems like he's now figured out how to get back to it and it's just kind of slap the ball around if he needs to. Next up is number 27, Anthony Santander. Last year he had 30 home runs, 78, 89, and hit 240. The year I'm projected for 35 home runs, a stolen base, 77, 92, and 244. I mean, he set career high and barrel rate, average exit velocity, and second best in hard hit rate. K rate, swing and strike rate are down. Uh, everything looked good in regards to the power adjustment he made. Yeah, no, completely. He's also, uh, I wrote a sleeper post about him. He's probably like the, uh, he's the exact opposite. He's the polar opposite of Jake McCarthy. It's like if your team is hurting for power, Anthony Santander is a, you know, a 30 plus homer guy with no speed and uh, probably a 250-ish average. You know, uh, I have him down for 244, but uh, that's on the low end for some of the people who are projecting him. Some people have him for a little bit higher than that. Um, Anyway, though, like he is, you know, the polar opposite of Jake McCarthy. He's got no speed, but he's got power. And I, you know, even though Camden isn't great for righties, he is a switch hitter, so I think he's going to be fine there. I, I like uh, Santander. He's actually – he's like one of those sleepers where, like, he's already done it. You know, like, he he doesn't have to prove anything to me. Like, there are some sleepers this year, like uh, uh, Terrio uh, uh, Estrada. Estrada, um, he basically did it last year 
and I'm just looking at the numbers and saying, well, he's going to do it again. Brady Singer is similar in that respect where, you know, he did it last year. I wrote a sleeper post on him because I, I think he's going to do it again. And Santander is similar. Like Santander last year on the player Raider was 70th overall. That's for the end of the season player Raider. So he, he, he was 70th in uh, fantasy value overall. And he's going at like what? 125 overall. So that's, I mean, that's easy value. He's actually going at 130 overall. So that's just, I mean, it's basically, it's a no-brainer. At 130 overall, all he has to do is repeat, and he's going to be in a, a top 70 uh, fantasy guy on the player radar. So, yeah, I mean, he's an easy call. I, I, I would draft him in every league, even if I didn't necessarily need power, because at the end of the day, everyone kind of needs power. So I probably draft him in any league. I take back saying if you need power, like you're gonna need power. All right, <laughs> this is me talking to you. <laughs> yeah. So I like Santana. Yeah, uh, I I do as well. I do worry the average could just completely bottom out, which would drop the home run some. Um, you know, he he had 19% infield fly balls last year. That's not ideal that one in every five balls you put in plays an infield fly ball. Great. <laughs> as far as getting on base, um, that's not really how that works. But, uh, you know, I, I, he still hit 240 doing that. So, if anything, I think maybe there's a little bit of room where he kind of adjusts and maybe he gets a few points in average back because he doesn't hit 20% infield fly balls. Number 28 is Brian Reynolds, which is your kind of mix between – Jake McCarthy and Anthony Santander. Uh, we're not really, there's no real mystery here in regards to what Brian Reynolds is either. Um, he last year went 27 home runs, seven stolen bases, 74, 62, and 262. Young projected for 24 home runs, six stolen bases, 81, 70, and 272. He's a, if you draft him at ADP, he'll return your ADP, and that's, that's what he's going to give you. Yeah, I also I also project uh, I predict he's going to be the fourth outfielder for the Yankees playing behind Aaron Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm only half joking, maybe maybe three quarters joking. <laughs> I, I hope Aaron Hicks would go to the bench in that scenario. Uh, yeah, I mean I think Brian Reynolds is basically like. I don't think the power is really as uh, like it was 27 homers last year. That feels on the high side, but 22, seven, 270, it's fine because he's probably going to play every, you know, he's going to play at least in the past. If the past is any indication of the future, um, which some historians say it is, <laughs> he will he will play a lot. He will stay on the field, and if he does stay on the field, it should be good for runs and RBI. So, I mean, he's not a terribly exciting player, and he's not a guy I usually draft. I'm actually, I think my ranking versus ADP, I'm about thirty picks later than him in my rankings versus his ADP. So there's a very little chance I actually draft him. I, I don't see it happening necessarily, but, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's like, uh, I don't know, he's, he's Corn Brand cereal. He's Corn Brian. He's Corn Brian cereal. Just kind of boy. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. fun. He, he's useful. Very, he's okay to have in the house. Uh, not going to get excited. Next up is 29, Taylor Ward. I will get a little excited about him. Uh, last year, he had 23 home runs, 5 stolen bases, 73, 65, and 281. 
This year, you have projected for 31 home runs, 6 stolen bases, 73, 97, 282. I mean, he's at the top of the lineup. And, I mean, maybe the only thing that I kind of feel like maybe goes unmentioned with Taylor Ward is he has missed a little bit of time through the minors, so the health concerns don't really get mentioned because it was in the minors. But uh, other than that, I mean, I, I like me some Taylor Ward here, Gray. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Uh, I wrote a uh, sleeper post about him as well. I'm I'm totally in on, actually, uh, Taylor Ward's before Brian Reynolds in my rankings. Oh, oops, uh, you, you guys will forgive us. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, Taylor Ward's another guy I wrote a sleeper post for him. I'm really excited. I think, you know, last year he was only really healthy for, like, I want to say two, maybe two and a half months of the season. And he hit 23 homers and stole five bags and hit 281. I think he can totally build on all those numbers. Like, I don't love, you know, the, the things that are negative on him are pretty obvious. I, I don't love the fact that he was in the minors until very late in his uh, career. He's like, you know, it doesn't look good for him. But that's also the Angels and they're dumb organizations. <laughs> you can't hold that against them, I don't think. I think Taylor Ward is better than, you know, uh, being held in the minors for as long as he was. Like, he had, he was in AAA, and he hit 27 homers and stole 11 bags and hit 306. He shouldn't have been in AAA that whole year. That's not his fault, though. I think it's, you know, it's the Angels' fault, and they, and the, and that ha- they had, like, you know, Albert Pujols there for like 12 years or whatever. I, I'm not I'm not worried about the fact that Taylor Ward is breaking out at a little bit of an older age. I think if he's healthy, which he says he is, and if he stays on the field for 140 games as a healthy hitter, I think he's going to be really good. I'm, I'm super excited about him. Great contact, really good plate discipline, takes a walk. I could see even like a 380 plus on base percentage. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about him. Yeah, I, I like him as well. So in this guy, you don't necessarily have to be reaching for. And I think in, in you know kind of the the friends and family home leagues, like he's going to fall even beyond the kind of 115 range. He's going ADP wise now, and you can get him at a at an even better value likely. Yep. Next up is a start of a new tier. Number 30 is Stephen Kwan. Last year he had six home runs, 19 stolen bases, 89, 52, and 298. You have projected for seven home runs, 17 stolen bases, 103, 56, and 303 average. I mean, he's another kind of slap hitter, but he gets he gets on, you know, he has a very high contact rate, doesn't strike out. Fast enough still bases, but he's not lightning fast. He's not he's not as fast as Jake McCarthy, but he probably has better contact rate, period. Probably not as much power. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I have Jake McCarthy uh, considerably higher than him, but, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think, you know, Stephen Kwan is, even though he's only been in the year for, I mean, excuse me, he's only been in the league for one year, I think he kind of is who he is. I, I think he's pretty obviously like a seven homer, twenty steal, three hundred hitter. I don't think there's any upside really. I don't think there's a ton of downside though either. So that's pretty, you know, that's fairly safe uh, if you need like a good average uh, batting average guy and also someone who's going to steal a handful of bases or uh, I guess two handfuls 
and two feet falls of base <laughs> of bags. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I like Stephen Kwan, but he's only right for certain fantasy teams. I wouldn't necessarily you know draft him everywhere. Uh, but and he's also he's he's really a floor player. I don't really I don't see the huge upside either. But he's fine for what he is. It's just a matter of whether you need that. Yeah, I, he's going a little bit high for me in regards to ADP right now, just because, as you mentioned, he's he's really a foreplay. Usually you get a little bit more discount on a guy who's not, I mean, he's not even, like, I don't think anybody really has him projected for more than 20, if they even have him projected for 20 stolen bases. and Like, nobody has him projected for more than 10 home runs. So it's average, it's runs, and that's that's pretty much all you're getting. There's guys like that that you can get much later so yeah i don't end up with a lot of stephen kwan despite despite liking him as a real life baseball guy baseball player uh ne- next up is number 31 hunter renfro last year he had 29 home runs one stolen base 62 72 and hit 255 you have projected for 30 home runs two stolen bases 63 79 and 251 i mean numbers are all pretty much in line with career norms he's moving to the angels from Milwaukee, so Milwaukee's one of the best places, but the Angels isn't bad. Yeah, you know, if your farm system can't produce another Mike Trout, just go out and get another guy who looks exactly like Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> enter enter Hunter Renfro, because, like, it's uncanny that how much this guy looks like Mike Trout. It's like, whoa. Like, it's really crazy. So, yeah, I mean, good for the Angels of uh, going out and getting the second Mike Trout. <laughs> Just in case something happens to the first one. You want to have a backup Mike Trout, you know? Um, I think if I were to be charitable with Hunter Renfro, I think you could probably look at him and be like a cheaper Eloy Jimenez minus 20 points in average. And Hunter Renfro probably is a tad bit underrated because – like if you look at his numbers, like he is a pretty solid bet for thirty homers and two fifty five average. Like you know maybe two fifty average I'll say, but I mean it's it's basically in that ballpark of thirty homers, no speed whatsoever. Um, so if you see a Mike Trout that isn't running that fast, it might actually be Hunter Renfro. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's safe. I don't mind Hunter Renfro. Like he's kind of like maybe, you know, Anthony Santander without the upside and a little bit. Yeah. Like with a little less average too, probably, but close, similar, very similar backup plan for Santander. We'll we'll call him that. I actually think Renfro has probably more, or I guess, Santander has upside for more average, but I would ex- I would actually project for Renfro to have a higher one, uh, if that makes any sense. Whoa! What is that? What are you watching over there, Greg? What windows are you opening while we're doing a podcast? Come on, be professional. Get it together. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I have this fetish for University of Arizona commercials. I'm, I apologize. Next up. <laughs> How embarrassing. Next up on your rankings is number 32, Ian Happ. Last year he had 17 home runs, 9 stolen bases, 72, 72, 271. You have projected for 19 home runs, 9 stolen bases, 79, 83, 256. I mean, Ian Happ, he's he's fine. He's he's a solid outfielder. Yeah, Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Ian Happ's a guy who I actually, I don't find myself drafting him. But I also, but I do think he's probably more or less fine. I just, I don't love the swings in, like, everything he does. <laughs> Not swings like launch angle, but yeah. swings in, like, like one year he's a 25-homer guy, one year he's a 15-homer guy, one year he's a 10-steal guy, one year he's a 1-steal guy, one year he hits 270, one year he hits 260, one year he hits 220. What does he do? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that without the yeah. upside. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not – Usually a guy who's drafting Ian Happ, but at the end of the day, if you just look at his numbers, he's probably 20-ish homer, 10-steel-ish, 255 hitter, which is fine. It's There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's kind of like, it's not really clear exactly what you're getting. Yeah, he basically hangs on the draft board until somebody's like, Okay, now I want Ian Happ. Like now, I'll take him, and that's that's where he goes. Yeah. Like you, you wait and you wait, yeah. and you wait. He sits at the top, and you're like, okay, let's go ahead. After you draft Ian Happ, you should be required to put a uh, a shrugging emoji <laughs> in the chat room. <laughs> I got my outfielder five. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So number thirty three is MJ Melendez. Number thirty four is Andrew Vaughn. We've already talked about them in other podcasts. So number thirty five is Chris Bryant. We're just gonna go on the Cubs run. Apparently here. Uh, former Cubs run. Now, last year he had played 42 games. He had five home runs. He hit 306 though in those those 42 games. Uh, so you know, <laughs> there's that great. Uh, you have projected four, 22 home runs, five stolen bases, 79, 68, and 276. Is he going to play 40 games or 142 games, Gray? You know, you know, he's probably like last year was such a shit show <laughs> that it's it's hard to be like totally, um, you know, uh, a positive glasses half full with Chris Bryant. But if you look at his numbers, I mean, you throw every for everyone, you should throw out 2020. But So if you look at his numbers last year, kind of was an anomaly. Like, I don't necessarily I don't trust him completely. But if you look at his like games played, I mean he's usually pretty. He's usually on the field. Like it's kind of unfair. Like he after like one season, he got this like rep where he's like, oh, he's done. <laughs> he's probably not done. I mean, I don't know. And I, this is coming from a guy who's probably never drafting Chris Bryant. You do hate Chris Bryant. So you've always hated Chris Bryant. I, I, I've always hated him, and I, I don't necessarily like him now. But to say he's like. You know, a guy who can't stay on the field. I mean, he does. He stays on the field a decent amount in his career outside of last year. Last year was really a bad year. But, I mean, we should be able to give him that pass, I guess. I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, dra- I'm not drafting him, though. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, he's kind of okay. In cores, he should be He should be pretty decent. Um yeah, I, I can't say anything positive now, so, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I like Chris Bryant. Shocker. You know, it's, it's, that's not ever really going to change. Um, I think he's going in a reasonable place. Like, I don't, I don't have any problem taking him. He's going right behind, like, Christian Yelich and Stephen Kwan. If you ask me who I want out of those three, I'm probably going to go with the upside of Chris Bryant, to be completely honest. At least there's 30 home run potential in there. There's 10 steals. Maybe 15, probably not 15 anymore, but, like, he's he's Chris Bryant. He could be fine. 
There's probably not a whole lot of difference between them, honestly, at the end of the year, though, because the game's played and everything. Um, all right. Moving on to the next Cub player is Seiya Suzuki at 36. Last year, he played 111 games. He had 14 home runs, 9 stolen bases, 54, 46, and 260, 262. You have him projected for 22 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 77, 58, and a 257 average. Rudy has him at number 17 among his outfielders, so significantly higher than where you have him. It seemed like a bad season because the numbers are very unimpressive, but if you just kind of expand when he was healthy, it was pretty much what we expected him to do. Um, where you at on, on Say It? It seems like Rudy's got him down for uh, three more home runs and, and a little bit of higher average. That seems to be the biggest difference here. Yeah, uh, Rudy's projections always love Seiya Suzuki. I'm not as optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I guess always uh, maybe being used a little bit too, uh, <laughs> too, He's not too easily State. by me. I should, I should yeah, I, 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 remove, I remove always from that previous sentence about Rudy. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, Seiya Suzuki's numbers, like, He's already, by the way, he's already got an oblique injury in the in spring training, so that already worries me. But I mean, I guess that could mean only at worst that's probably only going to knock him out maybe a a week or two of the season. So that's not it's not like the end of the end of like say a Suzuki for this year. But those things, you know, like that's just like a sign. Like last year, he had all kinds of like little. You know injuries that knocked him out for a game like here he weeks here and there, and now he's got the oblique. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm starting to get to the point where with Seiya Suzuki, I, I, I honestly, I look at his numbers and they're like totally decent numbers if he can get there with like 20 homers and 10 steals. I just don't know if he can get there, and if I'm being totally honest, I don't think I'm drafting him where he's going in ADP, which is. Like he's going in front of Jake McCarthy, he's going in front of Taylor Ward. I don't see myself drafting him before those guys. I I just don't. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to go inside the top 100 or pretty much at 100, it, it's kind of it's kind of a situation where I'm going to have to really want him on my roster. I've seen him fall in drafts, so if I can get him to slip a little bit, I would take him probably another round or two later. And then be perfectly fine with it because I do think you know twenty five, ten, two seventy, two sixties, and in the in play, and I mean that's that's perfectly fine from what you're you're getting at that that range in the draft if if he can fall to like one twenty, one thirty. Yeah, too. Yeah. All right, moving on is the guy we just said Rudy always does love, and that is John Carlos Stanton. Uh, last year he hit thirty one home runs, fifty three, seventy eight, and hit two eleven. You have projected for 33 home runs, 61, 74, and 238. Surprise, surprise. Rudy has him down for a higher average and is a little bit higher on him overall. <laughs> um, I mean, are, do you think that he's bouncing back or is the, the you know, the fact that he's struggled now? Like, last year was the worst he's ever done versus the fastball. He had a 31% whiff rate against it. He had a 205 average. Lowest Woba he's ever had against it. Uh, second worst K rate against the pitch, like that's a bad sign when Stanton, of all people's, not just destroying fastballs. 
Yeah, I mean, it's super sad to see what's uh, what Giancarlo is already on like the other side of his career peak. But it's hard not to see it. I mean, it doesn't look like like you know. I I love Giancarlo Stan in a very uh, you know very real way. <laughs> I I have I have major. I have a, I have his name. I have his name written on my trapper keeper. Let's just put it at that. You know, it's like I have big time love for Giancarlo. But yeah, he's. He's done, bro. <laughs> he's done. I mean, I mean, he's not like completely done. He could probably play for like 120 games and hit 32 homers and maybe a 240 average, maybe. And the stadium's good. The lineup should be decent, but he's no longer. He's not a. He's not like a 250 plus hitter, and he's not a a 40 home run threat like. That's over. Like I don't know. I mean, it sucks. It's sad to see because I I really did. I loved him when he was on the Marlins, and then for like a year, maybe you know the Yankees ruined him. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, man. It's a shame too because I really thought like he could have been one of the greatest of all time, and now I don't know. Maybe he passes 500 homers and he gets into the Hall of Fame one day, but. He's just he's on the other side of his career peak for sure. Yeah, even Hall of Fame feels like a stretch now, doesn't it? Like unless the Yankees yeah. go on some kind of World Series run and he's smashing home runs in October for them or something. Like I, I, I don't even yeah. see that really. Like the numbers have become so, especially if he's going to be a two ten two twenty type of hitter the rest of his career. Um, Rudy is again mm-hmm. Rudy is more rosy. He has him down for two forty five. So. The, you know, he's projecting the bounce back of the Babbitt, but he is so slow. He all he only does is like hit fly balls and then ground ball outs. Like that's it's all he's doing now. So I, I just don't know where where the average is going to come from. And if you can't hit the fastball, that's I mean, what else are you going to hit? There's nothing else left to hit. Yeah, that's next tier is <laughs> number thirty-eight, Oscar <laughs> Gonzalez. He had ninety-one games last year. He had 11 home runs, one stolen base, 39-43, and hit 296. He had 41 games in AAA where he had nine home runs and hit 282. He projected for 23 home runs, two stolen bases, 67, 75, and 294. Um, dropped the K rate. Approach still not exactly ideal, but we're starting to see some of the, the power that we were told about, Gray. Yeah, no, completely. And uh, a cool whip... He wrote a sleeper post on uh, Oscar Gonzalez. Um, so here's Cool Whip with that uh, with that information. Hey, what's up, man? I'm Cool Whip. <laughs> nah, that was that was me still. Um, yeah, I I I like Oscar Gonzalez. My big problem with him is like he's got no power. Not no power. He's got no speed, and the power upside just feels a little bit minimal. I don't know, like. You know, Kulov's big thing was he, uh, Oscar Gonzalez really came on the second half, and he, uh, you know, like there could be more power there. And his ADP is, I think, around 180 overall. So that's, you know, that's a good spot for like a fourth out, fourth to fifth outfielder with some upside. And there could be some power upside. There's no speed. He has good contact. So he's probably, and it, you know, he could hit 280 plus. With, uh, you know, 25 homers, 
that's not bad. I mean, it's that's something. <laughs> uh, I don't see the huge upside though from him. Like I do, I like I would draft him. Like don't get me wrong, I don't mind Oscar Gonzalez. I just don't see a huge upside thing from yeah, him. Yeah, and if the whole argument for him is like he had a great September, we know where I stand on great Septembers. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't start. Don't start going about fucking Boba Shet, man. Okay, I won't. But I'll talk about Oscar. No, let me talk about Oscar, though. That's just for one podcast. Let me talk about Oscar, though, real quick. Like, June, he had two home runs. August, he had three home runs. September, he had six, Gray. He hit more home runs in September than he hit in June and August. Like, something happened in September. Everybody hit in September. Everybody hit. Babbitt was up. Like, I'm conspiracy theory in this. Like, I will... I will go to the grave believing something happened in September. Baseball is lying to us. Um, so I like Oscar Gonzalez for the price that he's going at, but I think the upside is being a little oversold. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a they are who they we think they are group. Uh, coming up next, which is Harrison Bader. He had five home runs, 17 stolen bases, 38-30, 250. He yeah, projected for 15 home runs, 19 stone bases, 63, 58, and 256. I mean, who else is going to play center field for the Yankees? Aaron Hicks? Oh, oh, oh wait, great. Uh, don't oh, wait. put it. Stop putting it out. <laughs> stop putting it out in the universe, man. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know because Harrison Bader did have that huge postseason. So, and that was really the only time he was healthy there towards the end of the year. And he had foot issues during the season and still stole. Uh, 17 bags. I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not going to say necessarily that Harrison Bader is going to, like, you know, do everything that uh, all Yankee fans believe is possible. Because, <laughs> you know, like, Yankee fans, they'll just, like, they'll sell you. They they sold us on Miguel Andujar. Let's just be, <laughs> let's just be honest. You know, sometimes Yankee fans they get a little over. They get a little over their heels. But I think Harrison Bader, like right now, the Yankees don't really have a leadoff hitter. Harrison Bader can do, like, if he can be like a 15-homer, 20-plus steal guy and move his way in front of Aaron Judge in the lineup, uh, I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a bad place to be sitting in front of Aaron Judge as, you know, with 20-plus steal uh, speed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, the Yankees lineup is, I think, a lot more in flux than, you know, people realize that I, I'm not sure exactly who's playing uh, center. I don't know who's playing second. <laughs> I don't know who's playing short. I don't, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. But, you know, if it if it is, if what I think is going to happen, Harrison Bader's going to move up to the leadoff spot. I don't think really Glaber Torres is the leadoff guy. Um, so Harrison Bader moves up to leadoff in front of Aaron Judge, hits 12 to 15 homers because it's a good park, and he's got so, he's got 15 homer power. He hit 15 homers for the he had 16 homers for the Cardinals in 2021. He's got 20 steel speed. I I can see Harrison Bader having a valuable year. I don't necessarily 
think it's like absolutely going to happen, but I, I mean, I'm not at a hundred percent confidence, but I do see, I see the, the avenue for him to have a solid season. Yes. I, I would agree in that, that last statement. I, I see the avenue for him to have a solid season. <laughs> that is exactly the avenue through which, which I see Harrison Bader. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree. He's going to lead off. I, I think if it's not Glaber, it's, it's one of the, one of the young guys, or they're going to go with some kind of like judge leads off type of weird thing. I don't know. They're they've been they've become weird. The Yankees, you know, they're they're moving in the weird range of, of directions here. I don't know. <laughs> the weird range. <laughs> I mean, oh, great. They just add Clint Frazier. They can get the deal done. You know, they can definitely get the deal done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 40 is Tyro Estrada. We talked about him in second baseman. 41 is Seth Brown. We talked about him in first baseman. 42 is Brandon Nemo. He, or he, last year, he had 60 home runs, three stolen bases, 102, 64, and a 274 average. You have him down for 17 home runs, five stolen bases, 107, 66, and a 276 I mean, he's, he's runs. He's some, stole, some home runs, a handful of stolen bases. If he stays healthy. Woo. Yeah. I mean, you know, with Brandon Nemo, I think, I think he's actually got speed. I don't think he wants to, I don't think he uses it though. Like I don't, like he doesn't seem like he wants yeah. to steal, but I think he's, I think he's capable of stealing. If that makes sense. I, I think he's really, you know, he's solid at, uh, he's solid getting on base and in front, you know, in front of like a good in in on top of a good lineup, Nemo is like not necessarily the most exciting players to draft, but he's probably more valuable than his ADP. And you could see you could see turning a profit with Brandon Nemo on the on on a fantasy team, like especially in a deep league, in like a deep league where you really needed bats. And you, uh, you know, a guy who's not going to kill you and potentially could, you know, give you upside on uh, average and runs and not kill you in power or uh, potentially steals, depending on, you know, whether or not he wants to run. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Brandon Nemo. He's not necessarily a guy I totally always like. I'm not always in on him, but I could see drafting him on the right sort of like team if you have like a team where you're you know if you took like a uh you know maybe a like uh, who, who could you have taken like an adult like a yeah if you took like a your uh, you know like a a Adolis Garcia and a, a Randy Rosarina or whatever or I don't know if you're if you're low on average and you need and you need like runs and stuff I mean I could see it I don't necessarily want it on every team but it's not awful. Yeah, he's not awful. Um, yeah, I, I don't generally get him just because he seems to get bumped up with just kind of the, the Mets leadoff buzz around him. Um, but, I mean, you're right. There's there's usefulness there. My thing is he's played, you know, 92, 55, and 69 games the se- previous season. Now, granted, 2020's 55 is a lot of games in 2020, but... I, him staying on the field is part of the equation as well for me at 30 years old. So I'm fine with him if you need it, but he's, he, there's not much upside, Greg. That's that's pretty much it. But we're out. We're running out of upside very fast. 
<laughs> yeah, fair. fair. Uh, number 43 is Masataka Yoshida. Last year in the Japanese league, he had 21 home runs, four stolen bases, 56, 88, and hit 335. You have projected for 16 home runs, four stolen bases, 81, 66, and 284. I mean, definitely, definitely in the mold of a, of a contact hitter coming over from Japan. So, uh, you know, not expecting a, a ton of power or a ton of speed, just... You know, he's going to sit, he'd like, well, at least we hope he's going to sit at the top of yeah. an order. Yeah. I mean, right now they're saying that he's going to be in the middle of the Red Sox order, but I don't know how much I believe that. He feels like a prototypical uh, leadoff guy, or at least a number two. I guess it depends on what happens with uh, Verdugo, who's actually next on the uh, the rankings. Uh, Nemo, uh, Yoshida, and Verdugo feel like, 1A, 1B, and 1C of, like, guys who are just, like, eh for four categories and decent for average. Yoshida, I mean, maybe has a little bit more risk because he ha- we haven't seen him yet, but he feels like a 280 hitter, like, similar to Verdugo. Like, I, I honestly, I think Yoshida and Verdugo are, like, they're going to be in the same lineup, and they're going to more or less give you the same stats, too. Uh, I guess it depends on where they're sitting in the lineup. Like I said, Yoshida might be in the middle. But, yeah, and Nemo is kind of like the same. Like, they're just like, you know, 15 to 17 homers, 3 to 5 steals, 280-ish average. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also agree that I don't – I think the the lineups that they're putting out in spring training are really just to get people at bats and kind of get get people out there. I I don't necessarily believe Tristan Casas is leading off. Um, I don't necessarily believe. I saw that. I saw that, and I was like, "What?" Like, I saw Casas leading off, and I'm like, "What, what are we second? talking about? Are we, are we being serious right now?" <laughs> Out of all the guys in the lineup, I honestly think Casas might be the worst guy to lead off. <laughs> Maybe Adam Duvall. Close, though. I mean, very similarly terrible to Leo. Yeah, that, that would go bad real quick. Uh, number 44 is Alex Verdugo. You basically said everything already. Anything to add to, to the fact that he's basically the same guy? Um, number 45 yeah. is Oswaldo Cabrera. Last year in 44 games in the majors, he had six home runs, three stolen bases, and hit 247 in 47 games at AAA. He had eight home runs, 10 stolen bases, and hit 262. You have him project for 19 home runs, 16 stolen bases, 77, 64, and 257. I, I like me a little Oswaldo Cabrera later in drafts, Gray. Yeah, no, I do too. I uh, honestly, I mean, I'd be surprised if he isn't a everyday player. Um, you know, like I honestly, I guess it comes down to Aaron Hicks. <laughs> like, what happens with Hicks? Or, like, Peraza, I guess, maybe, if Peraza's that short. Like, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that there's even some sort of competition because I think Oswaldo Cabrera is, like, he's an easy, he's an easy bet to be an everyday, like, you know, if, if not leadoff, at least, like, somewhere in the lineup. Like, he should be, at worst, hitting ninth. Like, he should be in the everyday lineup for the Yankees. Like, he's got to... A solid bat. Uh, he's like twenty homer. He's a twenty twenty guy in uh, you know everyday at bats with probably a better you know maybe two forty five uh, 
247 is what I projected him for. Uh, I projected him for 257, actually. So, yeah, like the 250-ish range on his average, I think there's a lot of upside with him. I Actually, I wrote sleeper post for Oswaldo Cabrera, too. I like, I like him a lot later on. He's going much later than I have him ranked. I have him way higher than most people. I'm I'm really excited about him. I think he's a I think he's a solid like grab. Like, you know, in the uh like I think he's going at like two forty or something. Like he's going pretty late. I like him. I'm drafting yeah, for whatever reason their like projection systems have him playing like seventy five games, Gray, and I even I just don't see yeah, that happening. So I'm taking advantage of it. I love grabbing him late because I do. I'm with you. I think he's going to end up being pretty much a full time outfielder, or as close as the Yankees have to a full time outfielder, other than Judge. Like, yeah. So, moving on to the next tier here, 46 is Joy Manessis, who we talked about in the first baseman. So 47 is Riley Green. Uh, last year in 93 games, he had five home runs, a stolen base, and hit 253. In 2021, he had 24 home runs, 16 stolen bases, and over approximately over 300 across two levels. You have projected for 15 home runs, seven stolen bases, 74, 83, and 272. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened with him because I really liked him going into last year. I look at his numbers of what he did going into last year. I liked him a ton. I thought he was like on the verge of being like a superstar. But now I look at his numbers and I'm like, oh my god, he's awful. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. Like his launch angle was 2.8. Oh, his ground balls were. He had a 56 percent ground ball rate. For people who don't know, that's terrible. <laughs> that's really that's really bad. Like he would need like a 25 percent homer per fly ball to even approach 20 homers. So yeah, I don't know, man. I. I liked him a lot going into last year. I really don't see like people are way higher on him than I am. Like there's no way I'm getting Riley Green this year. Like people are drafting him. Like you know we we already talked about Joey Menendez in uh, first base uh, podcast, and they're uh, it's good that they're actually next to each other in my rankings. But both of them are like. I don't know what people are thinking, but I ain't drafting them. There's no way. Yeah, I will say on Riley Green, the one thing that still gives me some hope, and I think the reason that he still goes a little bit higher than this is he had a foot injury that started the season. Like, when you start the season on an injury, it, it's kind of easy for it to just keep rolling. Like, you keep trying to press it, press it, keep trying to get out there. You never really find your, your stride. Like, he's never been a guy that just beats the ball on the yeah. ground. It could totally be. Riley Green is the kind of guy who, like, if he starts hitting in spring training like he was supposed to last year, I could see changing my tune completely, like, in the next two weeks. <laughs> like, I could see being like, no, you should draft Riley Green, right? I could see that. I could see everything I'm saying completely backfiring on me because he is really talented, but, man, his numbers from last year look so yeah, bad. if we start getting positive camp reports, the helium could – could knock him up 50, 70 spots potentially from where he's getting drafted. But where he is right now, which is around 200, like I like the shot. I like betting on a guy who was, you know, was bat first with tools like type of guy. So uh, I'm willing to take that shot, even though it may not work out. Uh, Number 48 is the tools without the bat. And that is Cody Bellinger. 
Uh, he went 19 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 70-68, and hit 210 last year. Gray, um, you have him projected for 21 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 66-73, and 228. The Cubs have entered their relationship phase of, I can fix them. And that is what the Cubs are doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what the, is that the Cubs we're, motto? We can fix it. That's not we're in a Cubs, relationship phase. We want toxic. I don't, I, it's toxic everything. The, the Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs feel a little bit like they're in the phase oh. where they're like, if we if we just completely give up, it's going to be obvious. But if we sign a few guys like a Hosmer and a Bellinger, some some casual fans may think. We're trying some, a little some bit. Like, very <laughs> like uh, poster white boy guys. Just like stick them out yeah. there like with Dansby Swanson and Ian Happ and just let them be like the face yeah. of the very, very bad yeah. team. Yeah, there's like, if you squint hard enough, you can be like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see what We're the Cubs are. We're closer to a modeling like, agency trying? than we are a baseball team, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, welcome to the Cubs, pushing back Trey Mancini's hair and Cody Cody Bellinger smiling into the camera and Eric Hosmer uh, getting his mohawk or fauxhawk shaved. Swanson into shirtless in the yeah, country. I mean, yeah, Swan, yeah, Swanson shirtless talking to fans. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I guess with Bellinger, I mean, his whole career got Ugh. derailed. Like so badly in the postseason when, I mean, just like, just like, I mean, Bellinger looks like he's always stoned and it just like, man, it really kind of feels fitting that he's just like, he's like hurt himself on a high five. (laughs) I mean, poor guy, but I mean, it really looks like his whole career got derailed. I don't know, man. Like his shoulder is really bad news. His shoulder is so bad that I'm worried about Fernando Tatis <laughs> Jr. because of Cody Bellinger. I mean, that's how bad Bellinger's been. So, I mean, I guess in a deep league, if you're able to platoon him um, out, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him against lefties. I don't think, I don't even think the Cubs are starting him against lefties. So, if you can platoon him out, I guess he's okay in a deep league. Uh, for like potential homers and maybe a, a handful of steals, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the average is bouncing back. He makes some really like poor contact. Like there's nothing in his, there's nothing really jumping out that says like he should, like he's getting unlucky. Like it's not luck. It's just like he's not yeah, good he just, anymore. He just swings really hard, <laughs> and sometimes he makes contact, and a lot of the time he does not. And that's that's where we're at now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think 15 stolen bases is maybe the one thing we can say for sure he's going to give you that's that's positive because he does still seem to be able to steal some bags for you. But like that's that's the only thing I'm counting on at this point. Uh, number 49 is Mitch Hanager. Last year he had 11 home runs, 31, 34, and hit 246 in a partial season. You have him down for 23 home runs, one stolen base, 61, 72, and 241. As I mentioned, he lost time to the ankle injury. Um, you know, I will say, like, if he gets full-time playing time, projections seem a little low on the power. There's definitely some some platoon potential, but, like, even the platoon potential, like, he's shown real power against righties. So 
I don't know if he's necessarily a sit versus righties either. Right. Yeah, and I also, I actually, I almost drafted him uh, in uh, my uh, draft champions league. I ended up going with Jorge Solar instead for a power bet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do think he's probably a 25 homer, 250 hitter. Which, you know, I mean, if you, you know, if you think about it, it's like not that far off from Hunter Renfro, who is going like 70 picks before him, maybe. Um, you know, I might have Renfro a little bit higher than ADP and, and I, Hanniger maybe a little bit uh, lower than ADP. But yeah, I mean, you can sort of, you know, make a case for Hanniger is not really that awful. If you need a power, like a late power bet, uh, if you're guessing on like him being healthy, because uh, if he's been healthy, he's been decent. I mean, he's like, I don't think he's the 39 homer guy he was in 2021, but he's probably a 25 to 27 homer guy, which, you know, there's some value there. He won't kill you on average. He'll probably hit 250. Yeah, that's pretty much where I have him, you know, 25 plus home runs, 250, uh, and, and Generally, most playing time. I mean, he's stayed healthy for the most part, except for last year. Now, granted, he is 32 coming into the season. So, to say last year he didn't stay healthy at 31, it, it could just be the start of that, that slide. But he had been, you know, healthy the last three seasons before that. Um, so, it's possible. And, and I don't mind the shot. He seems to, to drop in some drafts and other drafts. I, I feel like the name recognition gives him a little bit of a – a bump in, so it kind of depends where he falls and if you need kind of that power power bat in your lineup, which Gray already told you you did. He said everybody needs power. Last guy, <laughs> the last guy we're right. talking about here is number 50, Nick Castellanos. Last year he had 13 home runs, 7 stolen bases, 56, 62, and 263. You have projected for 15 home runs, 3 stolen bases, 64, 71, 259, and uh, the Greek god of exit velocity... Flew too close to the sun. Yeah, yeah, he he Icarus <laughs> it up for sure. He's, he is he is quite possibly the the worst contact I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's so he got so awful so fast. I mean, I don't know. The Phillies must have been like, no, make it more of an uppercut. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And he just started. He just started swinging from his like he, he, his ankles to his head, and he's just like it's not working. Whatever he's doing, it's not working for him because, I mean, his numbers just like fell off so hard. I don't know, man. And I I almost wonder if like his tw- like we know Cincy is a great park, but Philly isn't that yeah. bad that his numbers just like completely collapsed like i i wouldn't be shocked if he were to you know say like there was an injury or something that uh, something that wasn't reported i don't know like his numbers are almost like they've gotten so bad that it, it feels like there should be some sort of explanation for what happened because i mean his his hard hit percentage went from 40 percent to 27 percent in one year like that's unheard of like that is really incredibly terrible yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah, i mean i have him hitting 15 homers 
and I feel like I'm being optimistic. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's really good for ground balls into double plays. Really if, if that's a category in your league. Yeah. In, in yeah, announcer interruption memes. He's really solid for that too. <laughs> yeah, it's a good if that's a category in your league, you have a really good um, league. so I will say he the, there's news reports that he supposedly he's reworked his swing to be more compact, but he said he felt like all his levers kind of got out of out of their timing last year. That could be an explanation. However, as I mentioned much earlier in the show, I don't even remember who it was about, but he struggled versus fastballs compared to other seasons. He only had, yeah, uh, he only had six home runs against fastballs. He's never failed to hit double-digit home runs in a full season against fastballs before. It was the worst whiff rate he had in a full season. So, like, when you struggle against fastball, it's like the first sign the bat's slowing, which is bad for a bat-first guy. Yeah. Uh, which Castellanos, that's yeah. all he does. Like all he could do is hit the ball. He's not good to the field. He can't really throw. He's like cannot, not fast. Like can't hit the ball. I don't know what else he's gonna do. Um, but there we are, Gray. We covered num- number fifty. I'll say fifty-one is Jeff McNeil. We already talked about him. Just to say, we covered fifty-one guys in our two-hour podcast, Gray. <laughs> um, it- <laughs> What is that? What does that come out? What are we doing? We're up to what seven seven minutes per player? <laughs> no, actually, I mean, if we, well, I, I mean, it's hard to say because there's a lot of we already covered these guys. If we want to give ourselves credit for fifty one, then we actually did really well. We were like, like two and a half minutes per guy, but wow. it's probably more like four and a half because we didn't talk yeah. about like twenty guys. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> that's still pretty All good right. for us though well, we go. start the season at like 10 minutes a catcher yeah. and we get it down to four and a yeah. half yeah you're you're welcome <laughs> nobody listens to catch your podcast anyways <laughs> let's just let's just keep talking until we get until to we next week get to the 50, 52 through whatever outfielders. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right gray so that's that'll wrap up the podcast for this week you can find us on twitter i'm at rasbdon gray is the rasball account owner of course follow us on youtube youtube.com slash rasball fantasy Raslam starts next week get pumped for that and i'll talk to you later then great all right ladies.